0: This podcast is brought to you by You're the Best, a celebration of friendship, a collection of essays by the Satellite Sisters celebrating the power of female friendships in our lives. This holiday season, skip the scented candle or the bottle of wine. Tell your BFF, she's the best with a copy of You're the Best by the Satellite Sisters, available at Amazon or wherever books are sold. You are listening to the Satellite Sisters recap of the CBS drama Madam Secretary. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm here with my sister, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. We are actual sisters. So we really enjoyed this episode of Madam Secretary called Tectonic Shift because there was a lot of sibling stuff in there, Julie. A lot of issues.
1: Yes. Yes. I mean, we love brother-sister relationships and this was good. So uh, yes, it was one of my favorite shows.
0: Yeah. And then we, we, well, I love Eric Stoltz. So I was just (laughs) happy to see him back. I know that he's an executive producer of the show and that he occasionally directs the show but anytime he wants to show up on the show totally totally fine with that but he's totally believable
1: as tay leone's uh uh, brother isn't it when you see the two of them together you're like yeah, they kind of look alike. They they look like brother and sister.
0: You know, I think it was a really well-written episode because as siblings who do a show together and we have for 15 years as the Satellite Sisters working with our other sisters and we have three brothers and uh you know, sometimes when you see siblings talk, you're like that's not the way siblings talk. Like, yeah. you know, we don't spend a lot of time like caring about each other. How are you feeling? <laughs> There's just maybe other siblings do. We, I don't. You know, I mean, it's within reason. There's some serious talks, but mainly it's just sort of like telling each other what to do and. I don't know. Bossing, yeah, the older one
1: is always bossing the younger one around. That's, right. That, I yeah. mean, that just so so you're right. So they they were very the the dialogue was very believable, and they sort of physically resemble each other somehow. I yeah,
0: and they both actually have a very similar, I think, acting persona, like sort of understated and real. So that's helpful too. It, okay. it was you know. It's he you know, it's not like two Broadway stars out there, you know, face off. Mm -hmm. But so uh, like many of the other cast members who are excellent, but I think they're very similar in that way. So this episode was called Tectonic Shift, but it could have just been called Complicated Relationships because it essentially all came down to conflicts between countries between people between siblings so this is how we're going to break it down okay the main storyline revolved around the u.s and venezuela uh, after a natural disaster after an earthquake so that was the white house storyline that was the diplomatic storyline and then we had um nadine and the wife of the man she had an affair with who uh-huh. had a lot of excellent scenes together i really enjoyed yeah that. I mean, more time for B.B. Newworth on, st- on camera is always great. And I thought that was like also beautifully underwritten, those scenes, you know. Great. And then the story of Secretary of State Bess and her brother Will, who is uh, a war zone doctor. And he just he's an adrenaline junkie when he when he when it comes to that. Like he can't quite settle down, even though he has a wife and child. And so there was a lot of conflict there. Um, and, and so those are the three storylines. All right, let's start with U.S. versus Venezuela. Okay, uh, the the bad news is that there's an earthquake in Venezuela. It's a nine point one, so that's a huge right. earthquake. Uh, speaking as a Californian, and we learned very quickly that like everyone in the government is dead. They only have three people named for secession, and they're all gone. So that
1: was that was an interesting um, little twist. I mean, like that could happen, and you could see how. You could be, you know, have a total vacuum, leadership vacuum. So I like that as the diplomatic dilemma of the week. So that was good.
0: So the the now deceased dictator who led the country hated the U.S., blamed everything on the U.S. His name was Suarez. Uh, And now his son, Suarez Jr., (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's of course, kind of... of course. That
1: just makes it easy for us yeah. to remember. Okay, Suarez Jr., yeah, check. Yeah, because there are a yeah. lot of
0: names in these shows, and a lot of them are foreign, and we're trying to watch and write them down, and we don't have a character list or anything. So Suarez Jr. Uh, seems to be even nuttier than his father, and he wants to be in charge. And so to legitimize his regime of basically beer-drinking gangsters, I mean, they drank a yeah. lot of beer in the course of that show every time they went to Suarez Jr.'s hideout, it was just a lot of beer bottles and guys right. in military wear. Um, they, A humanitarian medical group is the first on the ground and they get taken hostage as a bargaining tool because yeah. uh, Suarez Jr. wants the U.S. to recognize him as the actual president of the country. Yeah. What a dilemma
1: for the U.S. government. We have our president, right, who is you know, he's still running for election as the third party candidate, Lee. Yeah. And so he doesn't want to acknowledge uh, Suarez Jr. as the legitimate leader of Venezuela because he's a bad guy. You yeah. know, uh, yeah, it's a punk and they, they don't want to do it. But they're also worried about getting, uh, you know, resources into Venezuela because it was a massive earthquake and they want to get the hostages back.
0: Yeah. So uh what does Russell say? He said it's the perfect trifecta. It's a hostage situation, a humanitarian situation, and a political situation. So yep. they have all three of these things going at once. Uh, and of course, the, because we're the U.S., we want to insert our guy. We've identified a guy that could be the governor, could be the legitimate president. He has a broken leg. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what we like to do, a little nation-state building, and don't yes.
1: we always say that's part of our foreign policy. It hasn't really worked out anywhere in the world, but we keep doing that. Yeah, yeah put our assured guy us.
0: she assured us it was not the Sandinistas Contras. It was not the same thing, but it sounded like the same thing. So, but yeah, they want to get Broken Leg Guy to a TV station to declare that he is the president of uh, Venezuela. So, uh, but they but they also want to get, this medical group out. So Julie, what does the team at the White House do? There is some unbelievable subterfuge going on here. What do they do, Julie? I'm going to let you announce this.
1: They fake news, Leon. Okay, is that not the is that not the buzzword of the week or the last couple of weeks? They come up with a fake news story, which uh, in order to trick Suarez Jr into thinking that you know that he's in charge and that the president of the United States is acknowledging him and that he even enlists his two political opponents to put uh, to be part of this fake
0: news story it was unbelievable it was like lucy and ethel do diplomacy <laughs> <laughs> so, and i fell for it i'm like we we see it as the viewer is just like there's the president leg- announcing legitimacy of suarez jr as yeah. the president and then the camera pulls away and it's like everybody in like the calm room at the white house like ha, ha ha we really got him good we shut down all the other somehow they shut down the internet and everything else in venezuela so the only news story that he saw in his den of uh drinkers was this one But it totally worked. He fell for it. Ha ha. I'm the president. In the meantime, they get the other guy with the broken leg to the TV station. They managed to patch him up and they put him on TV and now he's officially the president. I mean, that was was unbelievable. And the fact that it was fake news – Again, every headline this week has been about how fake news affected our actual election. election. And now the writers, we know they work 18 – they say they – theoretically they project 18 months out when we talked to the head writer and the executive producer of Madam Secretary. They told us that, like how do you get it right so many times? And they have their finger on the pulse, but this was an unbelievable Nailed it! Yeah. Coincidence. Loved it, loved it. So that was the political story. But behind the scenes, we have Nadine and the wife of the man she had an affair with.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You That's know. Arabella. Was her name? Right? Yeah.
0: And yeah. um, Julie and I have been on record. We're not for infidelity. Like, no, we're we are not. We <laughs> no. Are very we're very
1: pro marriage. We're not for infidelity. Yeah. I mean, you know, and Nadine knows it. She says she said it that she said she's very good. At her job, her personal life not so good, right? Yeah. And this, you know, so so she was squirming when she gets the call that Arab, you know, that Arabella is going to show up at the State Department and wants Nadine's help.
0: She right. is. And for, the backstory is that Arabella is the wife of the former Secretary of State. Nadine's former boss. They had an affair. He died. That allowed Elizabeth to become the Secretary of State. But after he died, it was discovered that he had some sketchy dealings with Julie, at this point, my computer died, so I couldn't take notes. Was it Russia that was that the storyline from last year? That uh, had, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. That some he had arms some... dealings that were yes. a little sketchy. So he was sort of posthumously uh, um, disgraced, and so uh, which was a conflict for Nadine at the time. But it's kind of this open secret at the Department of State that Nadine was basically sleeping with her boss. But her boss, the former Secretary of State, was married to this, you know, very lovely, very very commanding, uh, very well-dressed Tweety woman named Arabella. And so she, she shows up right after the earthquake, and she wants some special help. Uh, She wants Nadine to locate the property manager of their ranch because, of course, the former secretary and she had a ranch in Venezuela. And, oh, Nadine knows that ranch. Because it was their
1: love shack, land. That's why she knows the ranch. But she is like she is swallowing every word. Those were excellent scenes because Nadine didn't know exactly how much Arabella knew about her affair with uh, with her husband. So uh, it was – But I'm pretty certain that Arabella knew. knew. Don't you think, Lynn? Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, you know, Nadine was wrestling with, I feel like I should tell her. I feel like we have this bond. We have something in common. And, you know, I feel like maybe now is the time. She was having these scenes with Daisy And at the same time, I'm screaming, I'm sure you were screaming, don't tell her, don't tell her. (laughs) not do not,
1: do not go there. That's what I was saying. Do not go there.
0: Yeah. She doesn't want to know as she doesn't really want to acknowledge that you really don't have anything in common. You know, you were the girlfriend. She was the wife. Those are not the same roles. They're very different. And, uh, and you're lucky Nadine that she is not picking up
1: some, you know, desk ornament there and throwing (laughs) it at your head. That's what, you know, (laughs)
0: Right? Right, Julie. Exactly. (laughs) Taking one of those... Commemorative glass pieces. Yeah, like she has all the that pottery and
1: earthenware yeah. in her office. All those uh, all those objects of art that she's gotten all over the world. She's just lucky that Arabella didn't pick up one of those and hurl it across the room.
0: So in the end, Nadine does manage to locate the ranch manager. She's fine. She brings Arabella in. They have this meeting, and then there's just really a great scene between the two women, uh, where you know Arabella says, "Do you have anything else to tell me?" Oh, and there's this, you know, dramatic, a true dramatic pause. And, and Nadine says no. And that's, that's it. They sort of agree never to talk about it. Clearly the wife knows something and, you know, and, and Nadine knows she knows, but there's no conversation necessary. So I like the way that storyline wrapped up. I didn't want a whole giant scene. You know, I I don't know if there's any sisterhood in that situation. I don't think so. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Well, don't try it with me, is all I'm saying. (laughs) There's going to be any sisterhood on my end. That's that's a conversation you're thinking of having with me. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Okay. But really, the bulk of the show was about Bess and Will, the siblings. And we start with a flashback, which I really liked. Puts us in like 80s Virginia where they grew up and we see Bess as the, you know, studying on her bed. She's already wonky. You know, she already likes to do her homework and work extra hard. And Will is sort of irrepressible and he just wants to go for ice cream whenever. Uh, and, and, um, And Bess refuses to go on the family trip to get ice cream. Off the parents go with Will, and then there's um, a terrible car accident while they're talking about new wave music, and uh, and it turns out that both parents die, and Will is left standing on the side of the road calling for help. That was actually pretty emotional. That really kind of – that That was very emotional to watch. And what we learn as the audience, but what Bess doesn't know is that Will's mother was alive after the car crash. She's able to say, "What can I do to help you? What should I do?" She's conscious. The father is not. And then, uh, and Bess is under the assumption that they both died instantaneously. But we, we, you know, we, we take away from it as the audience that this is something that's scarred his whole life. That yeah, you know, very traumatic
1: situation. You know, that that really will shape and influence. Every- everything he does from that day forward.
0: Right. So, um, but he's, he and his wife and child are coming to D.C. He's interviewing for a job to train war doctors, uh, you know, war zone doctors. It's going to be, essentially be a desk job. He won't be traveling all over the world into dangerous situations, leaving his family. His wife, who's British, has basically said this is it. And, and how do we know they're foreigners, Julie? Because they both arrive wearing scarves, right? <laughs> yes. I, I believe that Will is wearing
1: Anthony Bourdain's scarf. You know, he has... <laughs> 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 right? Did yeah. you buy out that scarf from Anthony Bourdain? He totally it's did. The yeah. Official international I'm the world trekker uh scarf. The black and white uh, uh little plaid um, a scarf yeah it,
0: okay and she also has a ginormous scarf on too so that's we know oh they're international they come wearing scarves and um so the storyline is about like will he ever settle down into this desk job and there's a great scene between dr eric stoltz uh dr will and henry and they're in the kitchen they the men spent a lot of time in the kitchen this show right then, i mean
1: what eric was he eat, really eating that cup of yogurt totally like, I eating
0: mean, it. yeah <laughs> just
1: like not like he wasn't using it as a prop. I believe the actor was actually hungry during that scene because he was chowing down on the yogurt. They're drinking beer. They're eating leftovers. They're just... Just just
0: rummaging in the kitchen. Yeah. And like at one point he licked the lid of the yogurt container, which is <laughs> – He was hungry, Liam. He totally was. You're right, Julie. He was hungry. Yeah. So they're male bonding. They're eating yogurt and they're talking about the adrenaline rush of serving your country. And actually Tim Daly has a great scene. Henry is able to talk about – he was a Marine, as we know, and talk about like when that stops becoming – you know, your purpose and when your family takes over. I thought that was a really nice moment. Again, I know, but let's
1: keep it in the back of my mind. I was, well, not in the back of my mind. I was screaming at the television set, Black Dog Station. (laughs) Well, you're not really... (laughs)
0: That's you're a not good point. really Julie.
1: out of it. You know, you're not really, you haven't really left it, left that behind. You're still doing super duper dangerous things through black dog station.
0: So I, if, we're, if I'm correct, it's been the last three episodes where you've just started screaming black dog station <laughs> at your television while watching Madam secretary <laughs> for different reasons, for different reasons. <laughs> All right. So, you know, we know he's interviewing for this job. Of course he gets it. Cause he's Eric Stoltz. He gets the job. And, uh, but this, this news story about Venezuela, this medical team being taken hostage, the people that need him, the humanitarian help, it's like a drug. You can see it. He just can't keep his eyes off the news. He can't keep his focus. Uh, and then he he decides, you know what? Forget it. This is not my world. I'm going back to into the zone, the hot zone. I'm going to leave my wife, who's threatened to leave me, and take her scarf back to London. I'm going to leave my sister, six-year-old daughter, who... <laughs> She, did, someone should tell her what her cousin's names are. I mean, why didn't she know any of their names? <laughs> what is that? I don't okay. know. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and then, uh, and he's going, he's out of there and Bess gets home. She solved the world crisis with the fake news in Venezuela. And she like, wants to talk her brother out of it, but they have this very touching scene before he goes where he admits what had happened in the car accident.
1: Yeah. That, yeah, that
0: is yeah. why he's sort of been saving people his whole life because he couldn't save his mother, and that actually made me tear up that scene. I know
1: that was that was a nice scene, and then you you know you got the a sibling bond, you got the sibling relationship, her empathy for him, and you know, and that he was able to open up about this. Yeah,
0: yeah. Have you ever been that nice to any of our brothers? I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to recall any time when I might have been emotionally helpful yes, to our brothers. Yes,
1: yes, I mean, okay. well, that was, yeah, that was. That's a whole other issue. Whether that, whether or not, you know, she should have like intervened and rushed to the airport to, to you know, to tell Eric not to get on the plane to go to Venezuela. You know that. You know, where's the wife in this, right? I mean, she do you was think- doing
0: laundry. She had to do the laundry. I mean, there the point I think the point was they were so used to him leaving, like the daughter couldn't have cared less. I right, thought that was did. a funny and that- interesting scene when I watched it and then he referred back. And the wife's like, Yeah, hey, I gotta do laundry, go back to London. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess they were so detached though that but I so best saved the day. She you know, she meddled in their marriage and it worked, Leon. <laughs> oh, that gives you strength. I can hear it. And your voice is the older sister. You feel <laughs> You feel like <laughs> maybe this- I should do some more meddling. <laughs> That's it. That's right. You're the fixer because you're the oldest yes. sister. So, yeah, he uh, best like takes her security clearance and goes running off to that Air Force base there near D.C. What's that? Air I've, Again, my computer was it's dead. Andrew's Air, Andrew's Force, Air, Force, Air Force Base. <laughs> yeah. You know, she needs she doesn't need clearance or anything. She's just wandering around. She just barging you just in had on that.
1: Perfect raincoat, you know, no creases, no wrinkles, no stains, nothing, no dirt on it, just, just, (laughs) just, just, that is a perfect raincoat. That is a perfect raincoat. Just floated in there, you know, uh, and 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 saved the day. Yeah. Saved her brother.
0: Yeah, and he he did not get on the plane because we know this because he's wearing a scarf and his headphones. And he said it was because my six year old didn't care. Like I told yep. her I was leaving again, and he couldn't. She couldn't have cared less. And all of a sudden now, so suddenly he gets this family thing. Maybe maybe he'll take that job. So maybe we'll see more of them in Washington D.C. I would enjoy that. I'd, I'd like to see more. Well, yeah. that's what I wrote in my note.
1: Leon is happy. That's that's <laughs> that. Eric Stoltz did not go off to Venezuela.
0: <laughs> okay. In our binders full of blouses, uh, Bess bringing back the blue ba- blouse I with know, the tie. that is a great color on her. Just yeah. great. And uh, she was wearing great blue earrings with that. I noticed
1: that, Leanne. Yeah. I thought you could copy that look. Yeah. Okay. I thought you could pull that off, yeah. Leanne.
0: Okay. Thanks, Julie. Um, and then uh, I liked uh, Nadine and Daisy in Dress Down Sunday.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was good. That was, uh, there was, there were casual, their casual,
0: uh, clothes. Yeah. yeah. Cause the earthquake hit on Sunday and it was all hands on deck, but Daisy was wearing jeans with that perfectly formed, uh, rip at the knee. And yeah. Nadine had boots, uh, you know, black pants tucked into boots. Oh, I, I enjoy dress down Sunday at the DOS. And, um, but just really a special commendation to the many, many cargo looks of Will. Uh, a.k.a. Eric Stoltz, <laughs> a.k.a. my boyfriend. I mean, yeah. he had cargo everything, cargo pants, cargo Car- jackets. You he, did had cargo
1: cargo- cargo- he had cargo bags, those Filson <laughs> bags, those really good, yeah, like uh, international <laughs> trekker bags. Yeah, yeah. He, he just, just
0: everything he owned had, like, extra big pockets on it. And then he brought out that Wide Whale corduroy blazer from 1983. <laughs> I mean <laughs> – solid with you, you, the you are in. you're in deep on that one huh? let's, let's totally in sold by that i sold i don't care leave me and go to venezuela dr will i'm fine i'm fine just bring bring that corduroy blazer back when you come home so uh i enjoyed that special shout out for the men this week on the show a lot of blue in general a lot of blue in the costuming mm-hmm. this week all right julie it looks like next week um Another new show. I thought they might take Thanksgiving weekend off. No,
1: we have work to do, sister. Whew. Okay, so yeah. you better have all your dishes done so we uh, by Sunday night, so that we can we can watch a new episode of Madam Secretary.
0: And it looks like they go back to Russia, which is your specialty. Yes, yes. <laughs> so so brush up on all things Russian. I know you do. I know you keep. You don't need to brush up because you keep up on that. So uh, get your Kremlin report out, and we will be back with uh, the Madam Secretary recap next week. Um, Anything else, Julie? Any any other observations? No, I think that was an
1: excellent, excellent recap, and uh, we're good to go for next week.
0: Excellent. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. We do a regular show on Tuesdays. Um, and we post post that at iTunes, at Stitcher, and at SatelliteSisters.com. We have sort of a Thanksgiving special if you're a fan of truth crime. Uh, we have a great interview with author Ian Punnett about a new book that he has out. Uh, it actually is a murder that took place about 100 years ago, but it was the murder of, like, his great... Great aunt, and it's always been kind of a fascinating family story. And now he's deeply researched it, and we get to hear all about that. He's a great storyteller, Ian, on the radio and on the page. So you can find that at Satellite Sisters. And then we also do a recap of Poldark, even though Poldark himself is dead to us. This has- <laughs> yeah, Ross, we're talking about you. Yep, he's dead to us. He's dead to us. Um, but uh, we're going to be talking about Demelza, at least on this week's Pole Dark Recap. That's Pole Dark and Handsome, and you can find that also at iTunes and at Satellite Sisters. Joel, have a great Thanksgiving. You too, sister. We're the Satellite Sisters. Call your Satellite Sister.